eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. For all NBA, for all NBA warriors, you are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin. What up? It is Golden Spaces, an Odyssey original podcast. And we are coming to you with this playoff mailbag for Warriors Kings. Thank you for tuning in with me and Justin. Me is Natalie. And um, yeah, we've had a chance to unpack and unwind after the uh, second loss of the series. Warriors down 0-2 in this series. Um, If you tuned into the last episode... You may have heard me a little heated. I mean, Justin was, but, you know, I probably definitely topped him for profanity. So I ain't going to apologize because I am who I am, but we're calmer today. We're of calmer minds. So we wanted to circle back. A lot of questions. A lot of people having thoughts on this. So we're going to do our best to try to help you answer those questions. So y'all, y'all sent us a lot. So we definitely appreciate it. And we will... Uh, go ahead and get right into it. So let's see. Queen Safro. I don't know. That's the the Twitter name. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, so I apologize, Queen. Um, Handle at bold heroin? Heroin? I don't know. I'm probably butchering that, but we just gonna call you Queen, okay? So thanks for the question, Queen. That that just feels a lot easier. So Queen says, Justin, she looking ahead to the uh, off season. I hope you're looking ahead with us getting the W, Queen, but um, and and winning and getting another ring. Yeah, that's but crazy. She says, seeing the out coaching that has occurred so far in the playoffs, are there any defensive minded assistant coaches? you think Golden State Warriors Kerr should be targeting to appoint this offseason? I'll stop there because she has a second part to her question. But um, I, Justin, I don't know about you, but 
I did always think that they should have replaced Mike Brown. Um, and Vogel was one of the people who I thought that they should have thought to add. Um, and it should be noted that I think Kenny Atkinson is on the short list for a job, right? Wasn't he going to be interviewing with somewhere I thought recently? I can't remember which team it is though. I can't remember either. Is it Houston? I think it might be Houston or, um, But did Detroit. Houston just hire? Didn't they just hire? Where did, no, where did Snyder go? To Atlanta? Yeah, he's in Atlanta right now. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. All these teams. So, yeah, it's probably Houston. Um, so, they're going to have to. I mean, you can promote from within. So, I don't know if there's coaches already on the staff they want to promote. But you already lost Mike Brown, and there's a chance you could lose Atkinson. Um, doesn't mean he'll take it. We know Atkinson is uh, – he agreed to to go to Charlotte and then changed his mind. And I, right. I, I the only reason I say that is because I feel like it's also dysfunction in Houston. So I don't know if he'll actually go there. But I mean, I feel like if you lose him too, you definitely got to look to replace some coaches. So um, we also know Houston's coach who departed <laughs> will also mm -hmm. be available. But I don't know. Is he known as a defensive or offensive minded coach? Do you know? Steven Silas, I'm not sure. He just seemed like a vibes coach. I mean, he also seems like he really was into like building winning habits and stuff like that. And and the young guys on that team just didn't have any intention of following his lead. So he might be better suited for a veteran team. But I agree with you, and I agreed at the time that they should probably have looked at Frank Vogel. Um, that's a really defensive minded coach. He had led the Lakers. You know, as a head coach, and they had the best defense in the league that year. So I think he can definitely add some things to the staff. Um, he's been in the news for the wrong things lately, but I, Ime Udoka. Has he? No, no, no. Ime. Oh, yeah, nah, Justin. We're not talking about him. No. We, <laughs> we just dealt with this whole season of Anthony Lamb, and now you want to bring a man in who harasses women? No. Yeah, oh, my bad. I didn't know he was harassing women. I thought he was just like an adulterer. I mean, that's it. That's that's a form of harassment in a way. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't want to get too technical and off track because a lot of people do view it like you did, and I don't want to say that that's wrong. But you know, because I'm an employment lawyer, I view it through the lens of like true the power dynamics and the work relationship, and so Great there is no such yeah. thing as consent <laughs> in those dynamics. But also you know, there was more than one woman and one of the women did say that the advances were unwelcome. Like, and that's the thing, like she could have consented and then they became unwelcome later. It also may not be the same person because there's more than one woman. So it was all pretty sure. like fuzzy, but. So yeah, no, no email. It's just too, too much. Too we just much can't, we can't deal with any more drama. So yeah, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a, you know, people bring him up. I'm a pass on him, but um, I like Vogel. I don't know if they're going to even pursue it, but, you know, we will see, Queen. We will see. But you know what? I feel like we need to focus right now on the here and now. Yeah. I was just going to say, it looks like Nick Nurse might be out in Toronto soon, so. Oh, yeah. He's a psycho, though. Doesn't he wear yeah. on players? As a head coach. <laughs> I mean... 
Yeah. I mean, he's definitely a psycho, but I guess if he's under someone, it doesn't matter. Right. Right. And he devised a pretty potent defense with that Toronto Raptors team, even though, you know, certain moments they got a little gimmicky and Kerr kind of bit some of that. Like in recent years, they went boxing one and all this type of stuff. So Nurse is kind of he's he's creative when it comes to it, at least. So he'd be on my list, too. You know, yeah, no, I think that's a good suggestion. The one thing I want to say, though, about Silas, I just want to go back to him really quickly. Um, He comes from the pop tree, and I don't think he really got, like, a fair shake in Houston. He was trying to kind of give him a raw deal. So, again, I don't – I've just always heard he's super intelligent. And, like, you know, to me, you know, especially as a Black coach, I feel like – going coming into organization like i mean he was already in one like you know kind of great organization but he's obviously gonna have to like rebuild you know because of what happened so to me going somewhere good like a golden state is probably ideal Mm -hmm. and you know he's gonna be probably a little ahead in terms of their system just coming from like the spurs so I just feel like he's worth taking a look at just because there's sort of those, um, you know, those other things he brings to the table that are like, you know, not just like, oh, defense or offense, but just kind of someone who will kind of understand culture and system and that kind of thing. For sure. I agree. Um, Okay. So Queen's second question, bonus question which out of um, these have been more of an issue um, referring to the, the playoff series, poor execution, carelessness, or a lack of um, Q1 urgency. Justin, I'm going to let you take the first two, but you know, I'm going to say that I don't feel that there was like a lack of Q1 urgency. You know, I I felt like at least in both games, they came to play. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Now there was definitely a lot of carelessness (laughs) and no execution, but I don't think it's a mindset like for the most part that they didn't like show up to play. I mean, they were in control for most of game one, right? Mm -hmm. And then I almost feel like their desire in game two to kind of like, I don't know, run the frenetic pace. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, the Kings sort of like beat them at their own game, right? Like in terms of the pace. And so most teams can't keep up with that pace, but the Kings sort of can. And, um, or at least they have to this point. And, I feel like it was just, you know, they were careless, but I feel like it was also forcing the Warriors into like a lot of mistakes, you know, because they were just trying to keep pace. Like they would do something fast. And so it's like, I, I feel like the Kings were controlling the pace really of like how they played, what they did, how it went. And normally the Warriors can keep pace, but also the Warriors are a little older now. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm not saying that they still shouldn't play fast and I know they're going to want to run and get out in transition, but the Kings definitely got more buckets in transition as we discussed on the pod. Um, 
you know, they just can't, they, they have taken more advantage of that play style than the Warriors have been able to. And so, but I don't think it's a matter of them coming and not, um, you're showing up in, in the, in, in, in the first quarter. So that's my thoughts mm. on that. Yeah. I think, um, kind of like execution and carelessness kind of go hand in hand, right? Like if you're, if you're, and I wouldn't even say it's like as much as carelessness, it's more like recklessness, like, or just trying. And I, and I kind of went on a rant on Twitter about this today. It's like the Warriors are playing this series as if they know that the Kings are going to make mistakes and the Kings just aren't making those mistakes as much as they thought, right? Like you play a team like Memphis last year in the playoffs, they're a young team and they kind of are a lower IQ team compared to the Kings. Whereas the Kings, um, you know, they got a bunch of guys that have been in the league for a while. Like they might not have been in the playoffs, but they've been in the league for a while. Monk and Fox, I, I want to say they're, they're in their fifth year or something like that. Herder's been to the playoffs. HB's won a championship. Mike Brown's won a championship. Sabonis has been in the playoffs before. I'm pretty sure Trey Lyles has been in the playoffs. Like all these guys have been there before. They're not your typical young team. Um, so the Warriors are making some of these passes and just kind of playing at a not as at a place at a pace, but just playing with a sense of like hubris. Like they're not gonna, you're not gonna steal this pass. Like I make this pass all the time against young young guys like you. Like you're not gonna steal this. You're not gonna hit this shot and stuff like that. And they're getting burned by it. Um, as far as like the actual pace of the game, I think the Kings are getting out and running more than the Warriors because the the Warriors are turning the ball over. Live ball turnovers. Yeah, like just careless reckless passes that aren't really there or like it's there by a slither of space and it's just not it's not getting through um and there were just like a few possessions early in the in the first quarter of game two where the kings literally just stole it from them because they weren't even paying attention like Clay. that type of stuff is like i can't i can't just say they can't play fast because they're just doing dumb stuff like that right when the warriors get a stop on them and go back the other way. They usually get something good going. So I can't I can't say the Warriors can't play fast with them. They led the league in pace this season, so they should be able to keep up the speed. But they're making more of the mistakes, and that's why I'm saying, like, you might need to slow things down a little bit if you're not able to, like, keep up at that pace and, and not make the mistakes. The Warriors are best when they're playing fast and when they're getting out in transition, but they're struggling. And, they're struggling to do that against these Kings. Yeah. Yeah, I actually think when they're hesitating and they're trying to think things a little bit too hard, that's when they're making a lot of their mistakes. Like Draymond will get it and hold it, and he's just like waiting for somebody to get open. And they're running all like Steph and Clay are running and running and running, and he thinks he sees a pass that's open, and then he tries to throw it, and then it's picked off or something like that. Or Clay would drive, and Draymond's man would just come over and double, and then Clay's like thinking, thinking, thinking. Okay, now I'll pass it. Picked off. It's like when they make the quick decision, quick, decisive decision and live with the results, they typically get something good going. And there's I mean, their style of play, they pass the ball so much that you're naturally going to get some turnovers there. But some of them are just like completely inexcusable and they just got to tighten those up. And I think they'll be fine. 20 turnovers last game, man. Um, we talked about this, though, too, on the spaces that we did. Um in terms of the the poise of of the kings and um i had said like i don't 
think they like unlike the Grizzlies or the Wolves I think they're just a more poised team and I, we said that before the the mm -hmm. series even started you know and I think their coach is a better coach and so For sure. um with more experience and so I just did not anticipate them making the same mistakes like some of those other teams wouldn't do and that's that's what we're watching right now like they aren't the best defensive team um i took the time to rewatch the first quarter of game two like not too long ago and the warriors were kind of dicing them up when they weren't turning the ball over right but they they just kept turning the ball over and you kept the game close. And sure enough, the Kings had a run in them. They went on that run and they just kind of sustained their lead um, up until the end where the Warriors ended up tying it, but they pulled away at the end without Draymond. But yeah, they we're seeing the poise. We're seeing the quote unquote, like experience for most of their roster is shining through. They just don't get very rattled, but yeah, it could be because they're at home, but they've been at home. Maybe if it's in Chase Center, it's a little different. But so far, they've handled everything that the Warriors have thrown at them. Well, yeah, and they had a they were until I think near the basically very end of the season, they were like the only team in the West with a winning road record. And so right. I think maybe the Clippers caught them. So um yeah. Uh, you know, credit the Kings, you know. Um, all right, let's, let's move on. Um, I'm going to jump around here a little bit because I do want to touch on this next question. Um, and this is also a two-part question. What do y'all think of Mike Brown's presser comments about Stompgate? <laughs> and do you think it was part of their plan to bait Dre? So there's actually two questions in that number one question. Justin, when you and I recorded, we were like, we don't think Mike Brown is the type of guy to like try to push for a suspension through all that. Like we just dismissed it as though it was not even a fact. Like, yeah, Uncle Mike. And lo and little did we know, like as we were saying that at the same time, Mike Brown. <laughs> Mike Brown was doing his presser, putting in nasty work, you know? Mm. It'll be interesting to see what the league does after they review it. What? I, like, honestly, I think that's wild. Yeah. And, and everyone is saying to me, well, what do you expect him to do? Like, of course, he's going to go to bat for them. You know, oh, it's, 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 uh business it's not personal no fuck that it's personal i never really understand when people say that like it's business it's not personal like i get what you're saying but like if you do some shit to wrong me it's fucking personal <laughs> like it, it's personal so i mean the reason i'm saying that because it's like we've all had instances with people who we were down with we were cool with you know and something happens like, look at the way that Darren Fox played that situation. He was asked about it in his post game, and he's like, "Yeah, you know, that's our teammate." Da, da da da. He gave some sort of generic answer, but he has a rapport with Draymond too, and he answered it in a way where it's like, "Yeah, I got some bonuses back," but didn't really like go in on Dre and left it like that, right? 
and mm-hmm. he did not angle for no suspension for the league to look. So when people are telling me Mike Brown had to do that, he did not have to do that. Right. And I'm like, the Warriors actually never do that. Even when teams have like done really grimy stuff, even when Dylan, um, Dylan Brooks did whatever he did. Like, I mean, they were like, yo, this was bad. This is this. But they never, ever asked the league or went to the league for a suspension. And I don't, I, I don't remember what series it was. It might have been in the Cavs, one of those Cavs series. But something happened. I can't remember. And they explicitly said, no, 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 no. We don't want XYZ players suspended. Like, they went out of their way to, like, state that. Mm-hmm. So when people are sitting up here saying, like, what do you expect? I'm like, I expect him to be like, you know, defend his player. But, like, you were a part of this team. Like, these are people you know. You really trying to get Draymond suspended? I thought that shit was whack, yo. Yeah, I really did. It is a little whack, to be honest. Like, if you beat a team, I want I want all your players there, available, exactly. healthy. Like, so we can say we beat your full team. Like. To be like, yeah, like, I hope you don't play next game. Whack. That's yeah. whack. And people like be like, you do the same thing. No, I wouldn't. I mean, it's obviously, it's not the highest levels of competition. But, like, when and- I used to step and I was, like, a step mistress, like, we took that shit seriously. Like, we traveled all over, like, the country and competed. And we were undefeated. But let me tell you something. Sometimes, like... We just beat some people who were like whack, but I wanted to make sure we also did competitions where we went against the other top teams in the country. Cause like when we were winning, we were undefeated. I want to be able to say I beat all the top teams. Like to me, I'm like, how is that not your mindset? Like I've always thought it was whack. The Cavs trying to get people suspended. I'm just like, you the goat, but this is what you want to do. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I think it's really whack. I, I do. I don't have any other way to describe it. And to me, if you doing that, that means you still don't feel safe with your 2-0 lead. You still don't feel confident with that if you got to do that. Mm-hmm. I would say it's a little scary. It's a little scary. You acting, you acting a little scary, Mike. It's cool, though. And you know what Kudo. else? Like, again, look, people could be like, whatever you know Draymond Green does all the stuff that he does so because I'm just like like I know the Warriors can't have liked all the shenanigans that went on after all the the x-ray and da 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 da. I mean Dre was petty with it too and came back with like you know had his people come out with that he's gonna get x-ray but you know for those who don't know because I'm just like making references um it was reported that after the game, by the way, after Sabonis, it, you know, it was really interesting because he did two post-game interviews, Justin. So he had the one right after on TNT where he's just like, oh, it's fine. And da, 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 I'm good. I'm well. He's just like, you know, all of this. It's the playoffs. Yeah. He said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then all of a sudden later, it's there's no place for this. There's no place for this in the league. And, <laughs> and I, you know, I'm just trying to protect myself and I, I don't remember and all of this bullshit, but it was just this tone of like trying to really go in. And when you combine that with what Mike Brown said, I said, oh, this is what we trying to do. This is, this is their plan. And so like that cannot sit well with the warriors, you know? And like, those are the kinds of things like you do stuff like that. 
And now you wake up people. They mm-hmm. weren't ready, but like now you wake up people. And if the Warriors do end up winning the next four, I feel like in part you can thank some of those bullshit shenanigans for that. I, I agree. We saw <laughs> we saw Draymond in in the face of the crowd, similar to what he did last year in Memphis, right where they were losing, and he got ejected or not get ejected, but um, he's he's getting himself amped up and all that type of stuff, and it, that energy is transferred through the rest of the team. Um, I legitimately think they just need to focus up a little bit more and they can beat this team fairly, I wouldn't say easily, but they're the better team. So but that yeah. was this is weird. It's very Karen Karen-ish behavior by Sabonis. Also considering that he instigated the entire thing by pulling on Clay's jersey, almost pulling him down, almost kicking Clay in the face, then grabbing Draymond's leg and holding on to it for a second and then trying to act like he's I'm just protecting myself. I am Why you falling, bro? people that said it was clear he was trying to cover his face. He almost immediately went let go of Draymond's leg. This is what people said. Immediately. I was a Dre literally was tugging his foot. Right. And Justin, you know, like I'm not someone who would be on this podcast praising Dre up and down and 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 copping pleas for him and making excuses for all of his behavior. You know, because I still think like he was reckless, you know, with what yeah, he did definitely. and selfish. But that being said, that being said, Justin, I'm going to tell you, the Jamaican in me gets it because I probably would have responded the same way. Right. Like, get the fuck off my leg. Get off me, bro. Like, <laughs> first of all, why are you falling? Clay's boxing you out. There's no reason why you're falling. This is the type of shit that Sabonis does. I started to realize it more and more. He does a little... um like illegal screen things where he kind of like gives you a little extra on the screens. He flops a lot. If there's a small guard or a guard near him trying to box him out, he's, oh, oh. It's like, dude, you're the biggest dude in the court. He flops a lot, falls around, tries to act like he's getting hurt or guys are like doing extra contact and stuff. And it was 100% calculated what he did with Draymond. He was doing shit like that throughout the entire game. He's going to continue to do stuff like that. That's just kind of like, the player that I'm starting to realize that he is all tendencies. He's Serious a grifter. Tendencies. He, serious. He's a grifter. And those guys, they don't win in the end ever. No. So and you know what? Someone, said, someone said, um, yeah, you know, he, he tested the right one. Cause if Dre would did that to someone else, I said, hold on. I said, what I think it is, is that he fucked around and found out. Cause right. I don't think, I don't think he's going to be pulling on nobody's leg no more. I tell you that. And you see, Across the league, everybody tweeting. All these players, like, I would did the same thing. You, he's grabbing Draymond's leg. And it makes you think, like, is Sabonis got a, does Sabonis have a reputation around the league as a guy who's doing little grifty shit like this? And right. so all these other players are, like, coming to Draymond's offense, like, defense. Like, yeah, he's he's Sabonis instigated the whole thing. Because they literally, like, like this whole, like, the response was too excessive is like, bro, in that moment, like if you, I'm like, all, all of you right now are just like this, 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 like I am not about to sit here and defend everything Draymond does because I know Draymond does some extra shit. But like this all like, nah, he should definitely be suspended. I'm like, yo, this shit is Karen energy. It's Karen right. energy. Because I'm like, yo, niggas be like, 
ready to fight because they bumped you in the club. Like, like y'all be ready to fight over less stuff. And you right, tell right. me some person pulling on your leg and you're not going to respond with no kind of physicality? All right, come on. And the thing is, he got a flagrant two and he got ejected. Exactly. Seven minutes left in the game. Potentially, if he plays the rest of the game, the Warriors win. So that's exactly. his punishment the right there. Already been applied. Right. People talking about one, two games. I just said, and I mean, I was just very surprised by the number of people who, you know, I I'm saw not. calling for this. I'm not, because I see the type of people that's doing it. I was like, oh, really? Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, it just, you know, it was it was whatever to me, yo. I said, you know, it, it was just, I was like, all right. I said, you know, I, I I text someone. I said, I've never been more certain now that they're going to win this series than I am after last. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, I didn't say who asked that question. It's at Black Girl Flow. Um, Chef Curry, spelled C-U-R-I-E. Um, so there you go. That's what we thought of Mike Brown's uh, presser comments and a little bit more. But um, do you think it was a part of their plan to bait Dre? And like people are saying this, and I don't, I don't think so. I don't really think that they came in with some plan to bait him. I just think that's who Sabonis is. And like, there's a lot of stuff, especially in the playoffs. Like, look, they all do it. We know, you know, you're grab, you're touching people up, you're, you're doing little things. So we know everyone's trying to get away with little stuff. We we get that, right? Mm-hmm. But like, come on, bro. You grabbing his leg. So I don't, you know, I don't think they went in with like, oh, let's try to like get under Draymond's skin. And I, you know, I don't like, there may not be any additional anything that happens to Sabonis, but like, I still don't think the league is going to think it's okay that he was holding on to his leg like that. So, and, you know, and then Dre called it out that like Monk did it you know, the night before. So there's going to be more eyes on this stuff now, you know, mm-hmm. because so much attention. So to me, I'm like, yeah, I think they're going to maybe like calm down with some of that a little bit because now there's going to be much more scrutiny and they're not going to get the home cooking in Golden State. Like that's not happening, you know, at right. Chase. So, you know, we'll we'll see how the next game goes. Um, the other question that Black Girl flow had was uh you know now that um that's all happened um how much do you think mike brown's familiarity with the warriors really affected the first two games definitely affected it right justin yeah i think for sure he knows i mean everybody in the league knows that Draymond and looney aren't really looking to score but mike brown knows what to look for off those actions when steph and clay are running around and all that type of stuff and they're kind of Stepping in those passing lanes, um, doubling off of Draymond, all those type of stuff. Um, so, yeah, he definitely knows. He also knows to take advantage of Jordan on defense. And they got to they gotta make the adjustment for sure in those two de- departments because Mike is out coaching Steve so far. Yep. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. 
conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Um, the next question we addressed on the last pod, so I don't think we're going to spend too much time on it, um, but it's uh, from Best at It 27 is the handle. The name is Apex Warriors. Shout out to you. Um, what's y'all thought on Kerr? Instead of using, instead of grooming Moody into pl- to being playoff ready during the season, instead giving Lamb all those minutes. Um, and I think we just said like, this is why you don't do that because some of the things that the mistakes that we saw Moody make, which we we both thought that he was relatively fine with little things, but those little things probably wouldn't have occurred if he would have been getting the reps during the season because right now you're not playing um, Lamb. So we think it's stupid. Well, I'm going to say I think it's stupid. Justin doesn't really call names and things like that, but we, we don't think that it makes a lot of sense. Um, and this is, this is definitely one of the reasons why. Um, and then why didn't the Warriors go after a big, like a Dwight? I don't think they should have gone after Dwight, but I think we did, we we both think that there were some bigs they should have gone after. We talked about it ad nauseum, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, throughout the season. And basically what it comes down is to hubris. Hubris yeah. and also pocket watching. Like they didn't want to spend money. And like there's just an arrogance that starts from the top with Warriors ownership. And you know, I think the players would have definitely appreciated another body. I don't know where Steve Kerr landed on it, but there is a a, a level of arrogance that is from the top down on this team, and it comes out in different aspects. So mm-hmm. with the players, it's how you see them on the court right now. With Steve Kerr, it's this insistence to make it harder than it has to be, right? Like, I saw a tweet from Jason Maples today about you're going to see a lot of pick and roll from Curry next game. That's probably correct, right? We said that, right? Like, put him on ball. Like, you got to put stuff on the ball. And we go through this. It's an annual tradition. Like, we got to go down. We got to lose. Our backs got to get up against the wall before they just do what works. Because Steve Kerr wants to prove he's a genius and that his system works. You know, and mm-hmm. I would actually say of all things, the whole like people have caught up to the Warriors system on some level. They really have. They know not fully, but they, you know, depending on the team, I get it that Mike Brown knows them a little bit more. But it's just like certain teams can play the passing lanes. They're not going to guard Dre like they're going to blow up certain actions. And, you know, it's just like. But no, it's like the system or it's the arrogance and. I'm not going to play Steph 40 minutes after he's had a week off, you Mm -hmm. know, in game one. Those are the kinds of, that's the kind of arrogance that it comes out for with Kerr. And it's the arrogance of ownership, why they're like, oh, no, we're just going to win with what we have um, because we've been doing it, not realizing that there's reasons why it may not be as effective now as it was before. And so it's arrogance, hubris, but... That's why they didn't go after a big. Yeah. I would say it's a combination of definitely, like you said, um, pocket watching too. The arrogance. Is Steve Kerr going to play a big? 
somebody who hasn't been there to to learn their system. And then um, I do think the absence of Wiggins for that extended period, it kind of forced their hand to sign Anthony Lamb because he was a, a wing body. Um, so I would say those four things all played a all played a part That's for sure. Good point. Really good point. Um, what did you think? This comes from Michael Askew, aka Skew. The handle is Vark Angel eighty. What did you think of the lineups? I'm assuming this means in the last game or maybe just throughout the series. Pool being hurt suck, but I thought the substitutions were better this game. Mm. (laughs) I'm not too down. I still got us in six games. So, Justin, how did you feel about the lineups between from game one to game two? I think they improved because Wiggins played. He started, played more. Steph played more. Clay played more. You know what I mean? So the lineups are going to be better when your best players play more minutes. Um, I do think the beginning of the second quarter is – I do think going forward, Jordan, Dante, and Clay lineups have to stop. I don't think they're good enough defensively. Dante's given up too much size. Jordan's Why are we doing three guard lineups though? That like that only works to the extent that it does work with Steph. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Because defensively, Steph is like a wing, right? Like he doesn't guard point of attack, but he's a pretty good wing defender. Like most six seven, six eights can't really bully him like that. So it's on defense at least, it's not really like a three guard lineup with him. But with Jordan, he's a true guard and he's not a good guard defender. So it's it's tough. Um, Dante is going to be at the point of attack, but he's like, he has his limitations and clay has his limitations. So I don't think those three should be on the court together anymore. But other than that, I think the lineups are mostly fine. I think they can definitely, uh, mix and match them a little bit better. Um, just surround Jordan with more pieces that allows him to play to his strengths that limits it, that limits his weaknesses, which is Steph, Draymond, and probably Wiggins more or Gary. Yeah. I was going to ask about that. Cause what are your thoughts? Their best lineup seems to be the one that doesn't include loon, but puts GP two um, with the other four starters in place of loon. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that's something Kerr would start with or just maybe go to it really early? Um, I think he would definitely finish with it. Um, I'm not sure if he'd start it. I think he sh- might, he should at this point. Uh, I think Loon and Dre both on the court at the same time is just creating too much congestion offensively. Um, when you put Gary down there in a dunker spot, it just opens up another avenue for him to have a lob thread or a dump down thread for the finish. And then obviously defensively Wiggins and GP two together um, are really potent uh, on the ball. So I would like that. I would like that uh, lineup to start and finish the games. And then you could just stagger Loon and Draymond a little bit more. And it would help. So, Yeah. With regard to Poole um, being hurt, you know, Clay said he's basically playing on like, I don't know, what did he say? He, he made a comment. Foot. What was it? A half a foot. A half a foot. Uh, sort of like, 
just rolled my eyes at it. I mean, if it's that bad, then why is he playing? And I, I didn't feel like last night his injury was causing <laughs> those right. mistakes. So it's like, I, it's fair when you say Steph was injured in 2016 because you could see his lateral motion was limited. There were things that he was just physically compromised from doing. Him being physically compromised, no, didn't um, – him throwing a bad pass is not a result of him being injured, right? There's things that are a result of you being injured, and there's just things that you're doing that are not, like, right. And um, I think most of Jordan's, like, issues last game had very little to do with his injury. But I know his teammates are going to defend him, but I wasn't moved by that. That's how I felt about that. Yeah. Mental mistakes. That's all I'm going to say. Mental mistakes. Okay. Wow. Let's let's move on to some other questions. Mm -hmm. From Sagun. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. S-E-G-U-N. Are you surprised, Justin, that J.K., Jonathan Kaminga, and Dante uh, DiVincenzo have been largely unplayable in this series? Also something we touched on um, in our last episode. So really, you guys should listen to that to get the detailed details. But what's the high level here, Justin? Um. I think based on the lineups that they are playing those two in, like I just said, Steph, I mean, Clay plus JP plus Dante plus Kaminga, that doesn't work. So when you watch that, sure, that that's not surprising that their lineup's getting killed out there. Um, I did think JK was going to have more of an impact this series as far as an interior finisher because the Kings are not that great defensively, and I do think he still can, but – uh, it's just something about the King's ball movement and player movement that he gets a little mixed up in. Um, and his his best attribute as a defender is being able to stick on one guy and just kind of like stay in front of that guy. Whereas the Kings just move their players around so much as he gets lost a little bit. And he hasn't been rebounding well. He hasn't been crashing the boards and just kind of looking like the super athlete that he is. Um, so that's disappointing, but not necessarily surprising considering he's still pretty young. And he's had his clear strengths and weaknesses up to this point in his career that we all know about. Um, and the Kings kind of exploit those. So it's not really surprising. Okay. Yeah. And I think Dante played well in the first game. He just didn't play well in the second game. And he just didn't get like much run after that first stint. So. Agreed. One thing um, else, by the way, about lineups. I don't want to see lineups with Jermichael Green. I don't want to see Jermichael Green on the court. So it's just... <laughs> My man played one possession and fouled immediately. <laughs> and then Curb was like, yeah, you you right back out, bro. But <laughs> like, what are we doing here? <laughs> <laughs> um, keep it moving. Uh, Kerr needs to dial down his arrogance. Play your players enough to give your team a chance to win. I think we agree with that. We agree. <laughs> okay. Uh, thank you. Uh, here we have another question. If Dre gets any sort of suspension, 
it'll be hard to overcome. The homestand is season defining. Well, based on the reports, it does not seem that Dre is going to be getting suspended, um, likely getting a fine, but that's probably chump change for him. So, you know, um, I know they don't like getting fined and spending their money, but you know, I'm just curious to see if there's going to be anything else that actually comes down for Sabonis. Like, no one's talking about that, but, because, I mean, he only got hit with the tech, but I kind of thought that should have been a flagrant one. Mm-hmm. It's unnecessary and excessive. Yeah, but I guess because, you know, he got hit, he probably won't, but um, I was, I, I Justin, I'm not going to lie to you, I was a little nervous. I mean, I didn't think that they would, but I'm just like, I didn't think they were going to get suspended. And so, and look, the league will say they didn't suspend him. They just issued, you know, uh, uh, another flagrant or they converted to a flagrant. But the thing about it is that you knew by doing that what the outcome would be. And you did something that wasn't called on the court. But like at the time, you know, like, you know, it just. They suspended. I mean, I really, I really, truly will net to this day believe that they did that because the Warriors were up three one. I think they did that because they were like, "Oh, it's not going to really affect the series like that. If anything, we get an extra game." And you know, um, but that's the thing: you can't um, foresee all the other injuries and things that will happen. So this yeah. one decision, you know changed the course of history in my opinion so you know just because of that you know as a Warriors fan I'm so triggered from that because I mean I always tell people I was at that game four I I was there when they went up 3-1 and I remember leaving I bumped into some people from NBA TV and they saw me wearing my Warriors gear and they were just like oh you must be feeling good right now right and I was like I am like I just knew the Warriors were about to win. I, I mean, I just 2016, man. I don't like to relive that at all. Like, oh, yeah. people tell me that they went back and they watched Game Seven. I'm like, why? I've never looked at that game again, ever. Ever. <laughs> ever. Ever. Even when it when shit come up like a like a highlight, a random highlight or something, I'm like, get this shit out of here. Out of here. I like <laughs> traumatic, traumatic. So I was just like, I really was like a little like, yo, I think I'm gonna suspend him for this. So I was really glad to see that news today because I didn't want that to be something that was looming, um, you know, for the next couple of days. Right. Um, until they play again. 